Good morning, church. Uh, I'm on the quad today, uh, where we would usually have our annual quad day, but this year, because of COVID, we will not have the thousands of students gathering on the quad because it's too dangerous. Um, but I'm still here to give you a sermon. I'm very honored to be asked to do this and, uh, you know, just be a part of the campus-led services. It's a very good privilege. 2020 has been an absolutely crazy year. We have had Australian wildfires, which has destroyed 3,500 homes, totaled nearly 450 deaths, and burned 46 million acres. We've had the oil leak in Russia, which more than 20,000 tons of oil spilled into a river and is heading toward an ocean. Kobe Bryant died this year. We had World War III concerns with tensions between US and Iran. Of course, COVID and quarantine happened, um, which has had massive effects on the economy and has wound up with 760,000 deaths and 21 million confirmed cases. We've had mur murder hornets, which sounds scary. Um, we've also had George Floyd's murder and the racial and social tension here after that. And finally, we've had the Beirut explosion, which killed 170 people and have left 300,000 people homeless. So some crazy stuff has happened this year. Um, that's the very least that we can agree upon. Uh, it seems as though one bad thing comes and then after it's finished, another one just hits us. Um, so when reflecting on all the things that have happened this year, uh, the question that comes to mind is what's coming next? Uh, because we have the political election coming up and that's bound to cause more challenges and division um, but for me and the campus ministry, we have a new challenge coming, which is this next school year. Holds a lot of challenges and difficulties that we've never faced before, with uh, protocols and policies being put on by the, by the school. We have to get tested twice a week, um, and if we don't, we're not allowed into buildings for our classes. And uh, even after Thanksgiving, all of our in-person classes get moved to online classes, which is difficult in and of itself. Um, that's if we make it to Thanksgiving, uh, seeing as we might go back into another quarantine. Um, but unfortunately, with all these uncertainties in front of us, uh, it can be very tempting to put our focus on things that give us short-term security. I know for myself, when we first went into quarantine in the spring, I focused a lot on a video game called World of Warcraft, and I played a lot of it, um, hours a day, because it made me feel good. It made me feel consistent. It made me feel like I was safe. I didn't have to think about the things that were happening outside of my little space. Um, but that, that feeling of consistency and safety very quickly left. Um, and a lot of people deal with uncertainty in different ways. Um, and some people like to throw themselves into their career. Some people like to f focus on relationships, focus on working out, for focus on binging Netflix TV shows or even using pornography or alcohol or drugs as a way to deal with uncertainty. And the reason that people do this is because uncertainty is such a difficult thing just to sit with and have in your, in your mind and in your heart. And so people look to things, even if it's a short-term relief of uncertainty, people try to use things. And so we'll have Kenya, a campus student, sharing some things that tempt her and some things that she uses sometimes um, when she's faced with uncertainty. Thanks, Andy. 
as we all know, 2020 has been a year. I mean, for me, honestly, it's been it's been crazy. Um, it's been a journey. Uh, I know for me, it caused a lot of stress and anxiety uh, from classes being quickly put onto online out of nowhere to the pandemic to not being able to leave out my house anymore. I know for me personally, I'm I'm always on the go. So like it was a big adjustment to just be in my room and just be glued to a, a computer screen for most of the day. Um, it was really crazy for me. Um, and I know for me, it caused my first time ever for a panic attacks and anxiety attacks. I never experienced that before. Um, so that caused even more stress because I didn't know where it was coming from. Like I never experienced it. So I thought like it was something wrong with me. Like I didn't know if it was health wise or mental health, a lot of questions. Um, but yeah, that resulted in that. And the biggest thing ever resulted in since all this happened in 2020 loneliness, I went through this stage of feeling alone. I felt like I knew people were there. I knew I had people I could talk to, but at the same time, I felt alone. It was just like the spirit. Like it's just, I felt alone. Like I was stuck in this room. I, I, I only had me, myself and I, I felt like, even though that's not true, but I've got to be honest. That's how I felt. And it resulted in me just shutting down. I, I legit, I had a stage where I just kind of like shut down. Um, I tried to distract myself, of course, with my phone, with social media. I would get on there, be on there for hours. As we all know, TikTok, you know, came a, a, a popular uh, platform during this time because people are bored. So I would legit be on there for hours, um, just laughing away. Social media in general, trying to trying to see how I could build how I can get in tune with things. It was just, yeah, it's a weird stage. Um, I would even turn to food a lot too as well. Uh, I know for me, when I have my anxiety tests and things like that, I would try to fill that void with junk food, like with sweets, things that made me feel happy and things like that. Um, and realizing that I wasn't putting my trust into God completely and fully as I should. Um, and if it wasn't for my campus ministry and my friends reaching out to me and consistently asking me how I'm feeling, hey, can we talk? Uh, what are your thoughts? Like, I honestly would have probably been still stuck in that stage of loneliness and laziness. Um, and mind you, I'm still I'm still trying to get to that point where I'm I'm fired back up and I'm ready, you know. Um, but I'm I'm getting there, you know. And God has just been reminding me during this time um, of me trying to avoid myself with social media and, and food to trust in him, to come to him first. You know, it's so hard to it's so easy. I mean, to pick up things that's right in front of you, like my phone is right there. It's so easy to pick that up. But through that, God has been showing me like, no, like trust in me, trust in myself trust that i have you during this time and i'm so grateful for that and i'm so grateful for people in the ministry constantly reaching out to me asking me how i am how i mean how i'm doing during this time and with that i want to share with you guys a scripture that i take to heart 
Philippians 4, 4 to 7 states, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. With that being said, I'm starting to trust God even more during this time and letting my guard down. And even not being so distracted by things that's literally like right in front of me, like my phone. Um, but I hope you guys are all doing well and blessed. Kenya, thank you so much for sharing. We really appreciate it. In these times of unknowns, it's super important to place our certainties and convictions in things that won't fade away. When I think about places in the Bible where people were super uncertain about the future, I think about the days after Jesus died. Uh, they must have been saddened, lost, and so uncertain about the future and what it would hold for them. But we're gonna look at an example of, of that in the Bible in Matthew 28, one through 10, and we're gonna have a few students read that for us. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped at his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Thanks, guys. So imagine what is happening in this passage. Put yourself in the place of these women. The leader of their faith has just died. They must be feeling sad, lost, and uncertain about what the future holds for them. But what is the first thing that they do? The only thing that they thought to do was to go see where Jesus was, where his body lay. But when they arrive, there is a massive earthquake and an angel of the Lord appears to them and sits on a huge stone that he had just moved himself. Fear, confusion, and certainly uncertainty would have been running through their minds. The angel speaks to them and says, do not be afraid, which probably didn't help their fear at that time. He then says, Jesus is not there, but has risen from the dead. This verse fits perfectly into 2020. A massive earthquake, an angel, and someone raising from the dead. The women were afraid, but hearing that Jesus was not in the tomb, they were filled with joy. They ran away from the tomb and they bumped into Jesus. Someone they probably thought they would never see alive again. Someone they had just watched die days before this and all they could do was fall down and worship him. During the midst of the utmost uncertainty, these women 
did the only thing they could think of. They went to the place where they could feel safe and secure, which was where Jesus was. We will have difficult times. If 2020 has taught us anything, it is that. Life is full of uncertainty and challenges. But how should we respond to it? In Romans 8, Paul goes on in detail about how to respond to things like this. In Romans 8:13, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What we are going through right now in 2020 cannot be compared to the glory that is awaiting us. I know for me personally, I'm not one to think about heaven and what it will be like on the daily. But if I did, it, the, the sufferings of today would certainly be far easier. It would also be much easier if we know and have kind of confidence in who God is and his character. So if we skip down to 31, we'll read, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God gives us an amazing gift of his own son. And if God, if that's the God who is for us, who is going to be against us? What is going to be against us? The events of 2020 cannot stand against God. Continuing in 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? No one and nothing. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can be certain and confident in what is in the future because of what God has promised us. We do not have to be afraid of what is in 2020 and what is to come because we can be certain in the love that God has for us and we can never be separated from it. This is the reaction we must emulate in the dark times of 2020. We may come on times when we are uncertain or scared or lost, but when we do feel those ways, we have to be like Mary Magdalene and turn straight to Jesus because he is the only thing that can give us safety and certainty in the darkness. Also like Mary Magdalene, allow yourself to be overfilled with joy at the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and compel us 
to tell others about that light as well, because everyone can use it, especially in 2020. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your son. Thank you that we can be certain of your love and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be concerned of whatever is coming in 2020 or years to come because nothing will ever separate us from the love that you have from us for us. God, we love you. Thank you for all you do for us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.